0: It's hard to believe we are over with January and February of 2023. Today is the first day of March in the year 2023. We get closer and closer to Christmas. Got to start planning once more. At any rate, it is a Wednesday, and we're going to be taking a look at the book of Proverbs again. We're doing that on Wednesdays as a Bible study. It's going to be chapter 18, and we're going to begin with verse 17. Now, this is an interesting set of passages for me because I've had years and years in the ministry. I'm ordained. I went to the seminary. I've taken many courses. And yet, when I take a look at these verses, there are three or four of them. When I read them in the English, I don't know what they mean. And I'm reading in the English. So after study in the original languages and using Scripture, interpret Scripture, I come to an understanding of what Solomon is trying to get across with the help of the Holy Spirit. Listen to verse 17 the one who states his case first seems right until the other comes and examines him. What is that talking about? It is God's way of talking against partiality. For example, I enjoy watching YouTube items, and you can go to YouTube and you type in the subject matter like farming or chess or murder mysteries. One of my favorite one is trials with a court situation where you have a prosecuting attorney and a defendant. Well, I just saw one recently, and it was really about the jury contemplating what they had been told during the trial. It was a woman who had shot her husband because he was cheating on her, but she was being tried for first murder, but there could have been a second degree of murder or even manslaughter because during the trial, she gave testimony of how he was misusing her again and again and cheating on her with other women. So it was very interesting. When they started showing the jury talking, I think there were 12 people on the jury, nine of them were for manslaughter and only two of them were for first-degree murder. Now, they were placed in a situation where they were unable to go home, and so they must have been talking just a whole number of days. At the end, they all agreed that it was first-degree murder, that she had planned it, that even though some had thought that. She had been misused. It wasn't sufficient evidence to take her off the first degree murder. Now, that's what this verse is talking about. The one who states his case first seems right. And the prosecuting attorney was stating her case. And when you listen to her, it sure seemed like the lady was guilty. But then the defense attorney started bringing on witnesses uh, to show her situation, and you get your mind changed. It was really quite interesting how the whole jury came to the same conclusion of first-degree murder. It was a very good movie uh, to watch. I I don't think it was true about a, a real situation, but that's what happens in a lot of situations. People on the jury changed their mind as they listened to other people on the jury. I think the thing that finally convinced them is this lady who had committed the crime. Uh, she was a talk show host on a television station. And one of the jurors remembered that two years ago she had spoken to a counselor who indicated why some women should not be accused of killing their husband because of the situation that they were in. And the rest of the jurors realized that she probably had listened to this woman, read her books, and then planned to kill her husband according to what the counselor said would be a way in which she would be declared innocent or not guilty, etc., so that happens when you hear something from someone. Uh, you hear, and it seems right what they're saying, but then don't make that judgment until you hear the other side first. Now, you may not change your mind, but the other person will come and also examine the situation. So what God is speaking about here. He is for partiality when you're making a decision, and that can happen in the church. Somebody may have an idea. Uh, For example, some of the churches I attend, it's difficult for someone who is handicapped to get into the church. There's no way to get into the basement and other things. So they try and decide, what should we do? Well, some people say, let's just build an elevator. Others say, no, let's put a hole on the outside wall with a sidewalk going down to that lower level. That's what I had at my church for 28 years. It was such a good way to get into the church, the top or the bottom, namely those floors, that our church was asked to take care of elections because people who were handicapped could easily get into our church. So, churches today need, as they are being constructed, to keep in mind the handicapped who may be in wheelchairs, etc. But people can discuss this. It may be way too expensive uh, to put in an elevator. They're over like $200,000. It may be not possible to cut a hole in the wall outside and the sidewalk leading down. So you don't make your decision right away. You try and see what are the best options. That's verse 17. Be partial in your decision making. Verse 18, who understands this? The lot puts an end to quarrels and decides between powerful contenders. Now, the reason a lot of people don't understand the English there is because they are unfamiliar with the culture at the time of Jesus. What does it mean? The lot puts an end to quarrels. Well, remember I said that the way to understand these verses is to permit Scripture to interpret Scripture. So what you do is you look up that word, the word lot, L-O-T. In fact, I tell you one of the most important books for you to own is a concordance. What's a concordance? It's a book that has every word in the Bible. They're all in alphabetical order. So you look under the L's and you find the word Lot. And then you read the verses that has that word in it. They may help you to understand what Solomon is talking about in his day. The verse I'm going to use is Acts chapter 1, 24 to 26. This takes place after Judas, you'll recall, committed suicide. And so they were down to 11 apostles rather than 12. Verse 24 And they prayed and said, Lord, you know the hearts of all, show which one of these two you have chosen. And there were two men that they had uh, that had been with Jesus since the beginning of his ministry. Uh, There were a lot of people that were hanging around that were not the apostles, but they were the disciples. In fact, in this chapter, it says there were about 120 disciples. And that's when the day of Pentecost took place. At any rate, they said, Lord, you know the hearts of all those who should take the place in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas turned aside to go to his own place. You know, I I can't understand how some people think that Judas is going to be in heaven. Not only did Jesus say it would have been better had he never been born, but you have this verse, that he had gone to his own place, which, of course, is with the devil. So he is not saved. What continues? Verse 26, and they cast lots for them, and the lot fell on Matthias, and he was numbered with the 11 apostles. We know that that's the way it was done in the Old Testament. One day, the Israelites had attacked the city, and they were to defeat it because it was an enemy of God, but they were not to take any silver or gold to their own tent. Well, one man Stole stuff and he put it in the tent. And then bad things began to happen to the people. And Moses realized that somebody had done something wrong. So they cast lots. First of all, which tribe of the 12 tribes was it this man was in? And after the tribes, they went to the families and then to his tent and found where he had stolen that which God said he should not have taken. And that was done by lots. The other idea of lots, remember, when Jesus was crucified, they wanted his clothing. And so they divided the clothing, but when it came to the robe, it was wonderfully sewn. One piece, they didn't want to break it apart, tear it apart, so they cast lots for it. So even this casting of lots was done by unbelievers. But when the Jews who were believers did it, it was to find out the will of God. So going back to the verse, the lot puts an end to quarrels and decides between powerful contenders. So Solomon is saying that God does give a way in which a person can get the wisdom. Now Solomon himself used great wisdom. Remember those two ladies each had a baby? One of the babies died, but both women said the living baby was her own. So Solomon said, I know what I will do. We'll cut the baby in half and give half to each woman. Well, the one woman thought that was a good idea. And the other woman said, no, let her keep the whole baby. Well, by that, Solomon realized who was the true mother. Namely, she was willing to give up her child in order that it might live. That's the wisdom of the world. So we may not do lots today. We get pretty close to it. You see in a lot of movies, somebody has a chore to do. And he goes to his friend and says, this needs to be done. His friend says, well, which of us are going to do it? He says, let's flip a coin. Heads, I do it. Tails, you do it. They flip a coin. It comes up one or the other and that person goes and does the task that is needed. Now, that's not a way of saying that that's how God decides today. No, it's that parable, remember, where Jesus says, which person is better? The one who says he will do what he's asked to do and doesn't do it, or the one who refuses to do it but then goes ahead and does it anyway? And of course, the one who goes ahead and does it is the one approved by Jesus. So that's what verse 18 is referring about, that use your wisdom that God gives you to decide between powerful contenders. Verse 19, a brother offended is more unyielding than a strong city, and quarreling is like the bars of a castle. Well, I didn't know what that meant, because I wasn't sure, what do they mean, the bars of a castle? Does a castle, is it surrounded by bars? No. Castles did have high walls, but then they had a gate you could get through. But what God is saying through this verse is the bars of a castle refer to the bars that are placed over the gate so someone cannot crash through the gate when they are at war with you. We do this. You may have one of those doors. It's all a window, and you can slide it back and forth. And how do people kind of hope to lock it? Well, they slide it closed, and then they put a wood at the bottom of it, and that wood keeps it from being opened. Now, what they don't realize is that it's a sliding window, and all a person has to do is crack open the window, break it open, remove the wood, and in they can slide. Well, that's similar in Solomon's Day. There were bars over the gates, and what this verse is saying is a brother who is offended can be more unyielding than a strong city. What God is saying here is that even brothers in the church, Christians, if you offend one of them and you're trying to make a decision, that offended person can become more unyielding than a strong city. And the quarreling that goes on, namely the disputes that are going on is like the bars of a castle that are over a gate to keep a person from... All right, verse 20 in Proverbs 18. From the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach is satisfied. He is satisfied by the yield of his lips. See, there's another verse. That's really hard to understand. But when you do an examination of it, the fruit of a man's mouth is what he speaks about. Both this verse and the next verse is the power of speech. So most people are satisfied when their mouth says something. He is satisfied by the yield of his lips. Another word for yield would be harvest. Verse 21 is really, really important. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. What is that talking about? Death and life. Well, think about the name of this program, Law and Gospel. When you use your mouth to speak the law as a way of being saved, you are actually preaching death to the people because nobody can be saved by obedience to the law. The life would be the gospel because the death says, boy, you are definitely not going to be saved. The gospel says, but God has done something in the person and work of Jesus Christ who saves you. So how you speak to someone about Jesus, about the Bible, in the power of your tongue, you can speak death, telling them, well, you can get to heaven if you're good, or you can speak life, you're going to heaven because Jesus was so good. And those who love each of it will eat its fruits. You can turn on any other radio station that has Christian sermons on it, and you'll be hard pressed to hear about the death of Jesus, the free forgiveness of sins, and that the way of the law is no way of salvation. No, again and again, the law is preached. Go to a funeral, and what do they say about the person who died? Oh, look how wonderful he is. They're talking about his works as to why he is saved. No, he's saved by the works of Christ. So in your tongue, by your tongue, you can speak death or you can speak life. Verse 22. I think is an English verse that can be understood. He who finds a wife finds a good thing, and obtains favor from the Lord. Now we're talking here about a Christian wife, and that is a good thing. Near the end of Proverbs, there's a whole chapter on a good wife, and when it says you obtain favor from the Lord, the favor or the grace is the wife herself. In verse 23, one I, again, I didn't understand. The power uses, I'm sorry, the poor use entreaties, but the rich answer roughly. What does that mean in the English? Well, it means that the poor speaks in pleas they always think they're victims in contrast to the rich. And we're not talking here about the wealthy. We're talking about the rich in Christ. They answer confidently. So they're not speaking in pleas, but in proper wisdom. The final verse 24 A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Yes, we see this among young people. It appears that the more companions that they get involved with, uh, the more they're finding companions that lead them to ruin, that lead them to bad crimes. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. I believe that that goes back to verse 22. That's the spouse who sticks closer than a brother. Again, a set of Proverbs, many of them you may not understand, but that's why we have law and gospel. We'll continue it tomorrow at 930. God bless you.